He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today joined by uh, somebody who covers the Lakers incredibly well for the Southern California News Group. Um, somebody who I had an introduction planned for, but I couldn't find the proper video of. I was trying to get Andre Drummond, just like all of the times that he went, Kowgoon! Like, like I was trying to get all of them like lined up, but couldn't find the video of all of it. But uh, Kyle, thank you very much for for hopping on with me today. I know that you're crazy busy this time of year covering this team out on the road. Um, I, I greatly appreciate it. Appreciate it. How are you holding up? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm in a undisclosed location in, in Miami. Uh, <laughs> you know, caught caught the 720 out of Orlando. Uh, but that them's the breaks. So uh, yeah, there are definitely worse places to be though. Great view of the Bay uh, from here. So, undisclosed yeah, okay. location in miami i like cough cough once if you're okay are you safe <laughs> like are you this is this is one of the rare instances where you use that to make it sound uh more flattering than it actually is <laughs> um the the reason we're talking the, the reason i reached out to you um uh, to, to have this conversation today you wrote a fantastic piece uh for the newsletter um for the uh, oc register about how clear lebron has made it throughout the season um that he needs help that the roster is is not up to par um he's having he's playing fantastic basketball ad before he went down was also playing fantastic basketball but because the the roster was so imbalanced uh the lakers were still kind of fighting to get to 500 even with both of those guys available and um i i thought you framed it really well and really interestingly um, and one of the points that you made was about, you know, the notion that Rob Polinka said before the season that he saw it as a responsibility to caretake the end of LeBron's prime and the and the end of his career. And how um, Howard Beck wrote uh, about a week or so ago that, hey, LeBron signed that extension thinking that the Lakers were going to equip him uh, better than they did last year and better than they have so far this season. But... I was kind of, I, I was just talking to Harrison this morning. It's been wild, at least from where I'm sitting, um, to see all of the oxygen in any of the trade trade talks just kind of fall by the wayside. It feels like it's been kind of cut off. So like where where did that piece come from? Why why now on, on writing that piece? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just came for me from this sort of simple observation that you know after the after the christmas loss they gave up 51 points in one quarter of dallas and i know mm -hmm. luca's kind of having a moment right now so so i don't want to <laughs> quite discount that but 51 That's points still a lot of in points a quarter like I, I i'm not even sure if i've seen that um in my time covering the team um i, I would have to like go back and and you know do a scouring of of stats but it's just it's it's it was kind of absurd how badly that that quarter went and lebron made the comment you know it's like well dan dan wikey asked you know do, do you guys feel like you can dig yourselves 
out of adversity because you had before. And LeBron steered that comment all the way around and said, well, I also look at it the other way too. Like how much uh, do you have to keep digging for? You get too much dirt on you. <laughs> and, and the visual there is so striking that LeBron would be like buried alive in essence. And <laughs> like, but, but what really struck me about that was just like, man, like there was a time in LeBron's career, not that long ago where that's like, running on the that quote is running on the front of every uh sports talk everywhere mm -hmm. right i mean that's number one like like when are the when are the lakers gonna you know make a move around lebron and that's just not the the, the discourse i mean people are talking about lakers wasting yeah. this year for lebron um but it, it is not in essence you know i i think there's a level of acceptance the Lakers yeah. have chosen this path that they're they're currently down, and and as everyone knows, you know they're they're looking, I I believe, at more moderate moves um, to to kind of keep their draft assets as uh, you know their tradable draft assets um, as intact as possible, and you can kind of justify it with the record of the team, but you know I I kind of view it as there was a track to go down probably early in the season mm -hmm. and right now. Like the trade may not exist right now, which was not the point of the story. The point of the story was to observe, man, like what a, what a change in even, you know, a few years ago when LeBron said, oh, it'd be great to play with Anthony Davis. And what did the Lakers do? Well, they, they get <laughs> knotted up in talks uh, for Anthony Davis. And, and um, you know, that's a different conversation of how that summary in that season. But it, it just – it just occurred to me how reduced LeBron's power with his own franchise is right now. And, you know, obviously people take that a lot of different ways and people blame LeBron for that. But, um, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of start in that place where what a change it's been to just see LeBron in this place of, you know, resignation, even though he's clearly saying, man, everything's not okay. After that game, LeBron apparently went and found a tweet that he sent last year during the playoffs saying that he cannot and will not miss the playoffs ever again and deleted the tweet <laughs> because clearly he's, he, 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 like that, that I think showcases some of the resignation that you're talking about that, yeah, it is possible for him to miss the playoffs again this year. You wrote in that piece again, which is on the OC register and I'll link to it. Um, in the pod post that I write for this thing, um, you wrote about that ownership that that uh, Polinka has has spoken about of the end of uh, LeBron's career. And I'm just going to read. Uh, While Polinka said he took, quote, ownership of basketball decisions, the day of public accounting has never come. What exactly have the Lakers been doing wrong? Why does the process not seem to be improving? The basketball world has its own answers to these questions, but it's unclear how honest the front office and ownership have been in their assessment. After word leaked about Palenka's contract extension over the summer to, to tie his future to Ham's, team, team governor Jeannie Buss seemed more cross that it had been divulged rather than processing why many fans were, pro were disappointed by the decision. There's a, there's a phrase in here, and I don't want to read too much into it than it may necessarily mean, but... You say the basketball world has its own answers to these questions. What 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 do you what do you mean um, in that in that phrasing? Well, what I mean is, 
you know, it, especially in my time covering the team, which has just been all Jeannie Bush's ownership and has been all Rob Polinka stewardship. I mean, Magic was there the first year I covered the team, but Rob was a part of this apparatus. Is mm-hmm. I I observe ownership and in many times the front office allowing a vacuum of of information about their strategy and um you know their 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 process including you know when they fired frank bogle and rob sitting there in front of the reporters um and you know i i perhaps self-glorifyingly view that as a a moment for public accountability but Mm -hmm. we're asking okay so you know what like where do you think there was a failure here and Mm -hmm. to me right before the passage you just read was rob says well this is not the time to point fingers (laughs) right i was like well okay so when it's usually with the people who have the fingers pointed at them (laughs) to to kind of unravel this thing there's never been a moment of public accounting for last season and now obviously like analysts and fans can look at it's like well it was the russell westbrook trade it kind of set the roster in a direction where they couldn't maximize certain roles and i think everyone can kind of self-analyze that but you know it's just interesting to me that that the front office never really sort of acknowledges um you know what what has gone wrong and genie um, by extension, um, you know, it, it, the buck falls to her. I think she has a mm-hmm. fair amount of, okay, like I'm going to let my basketball people handle basketball decisions, um, which in many ways is, is a great trait for, I think a lot of teams would want that, but you know, when there are, the, are failures and when there are repeated failures in, you know, the season before last, and then this one, and then, you know, it's just, what's the accounting, like, what's the process? Why? Mm-hmm are the Lakers sliding backwards over the last three years since they won the championship. And I just think that the vacuum that they sort of allow, um, it just gets filled in by noise. And in the past, you know, when you looked at that year when Magic left, um, there was a lot of chaos. What the Lakers said at the time is, hey, we're going to let the basketball speak for itself. Mm -hmm. Then they trade for Anthony Davis. They get, you know, a couple veterans and they, they win. And then that was a good strategy when the basketball yep. was very good and and they're winning games and and it's like hey we're gonna you know let the basketball speak for what we're doing even though people were second guessing the franchise by um, you know Genie elevating Rob and allowing him to run the team mm-hmm. that was kind of a good strategy back then right now that's not a good strategy because the product is not good yeah. so no one yeah, you really don't want the you don't want this it. basketball speaking for the organization <laughs> no no but I I think the Lakers kind of allow that to, to, to happen because, you know, what I see in my time is that no one in this entire organization likes putting a stamp of accountability on failure. Everyone loves mm-hmm. success and everyone wants to put their face all over success, but it's, it's very hard for anyone. And I'll include LeBron in that as well. Um, to say, you know what, like this was on, you know, me, I played a role in this. I mean, you saw that last year at the trade deadline when, you know, you kind of have LeBron being like pushing behind the scenes, I believe, for trades to happen and the roster be remade and the, the front office and management pushing back. It's like, hey, like you made this bed, sit in it, make it work. And then yeah. 
what happens is no one takes accountability for what's happened and why the team is is slowly deflating over time and the losses just keep piling up yeah the 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 accountability part of this is 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 interesting um i just you know harrison and i just recorded a show yesterday and one of the things that we have found the most frustrating here is is how the top priority doesn't seem to be basketball but 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 self-preservation it 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 seems like for for the people who were making these decisions that lead the Lakers to where they are right now, the focus isn't, hey, what can we do that fixes this this product that is clearly broken? Um, rather than that, they, they kind of look at it as, well, how can I distance myself from the decisions that led to this product being broken? And if that's your focus, then these problems don't ever get addressed. And, and I think that's how you find yourself. Because look, again, LeBron wasn't playing up to LeBron's standards early in the year, but he was still pretty good. And AD was playing like an MVP. And the Lakers, despite that, were below 500 and started the season off incredibly slowly. So, yeah, I, I find I find all of this kind of interesting here, and 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 none of it uh, that I that I hear about the Lakers. Um, and this is kind of what it, where I thought you were going with that with that phrase none of what I hear about the Lakers from outside people, people who aren't attached to the Lakers ever really paints anybody in a positive light because nobody really understands the decision-making process there that goes beyond, Hey, yeah, we just, we want to be attached to the stuff that works out well, but we're afraid to make any kind of a decision at this point because the ones that we've made recently haven't worked out well. And if we keep on making these bad decisions, then one of us is probably going to have to take accountability for it. And nobody seems all that interested in, in doing it. Um, well, you also wrote, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add and, and look, I mean, I don't know if there's any particular blueprint that needs to be followed for an organization, as long as there's winning. And like three years ago, you said, okay, well, the Lakers are winning. Well, so what? Keep that but up. This is also very, this is a very insular organization. I mean, we're mm -hmm. talking about, um, you know, all, the bus family playing prominent roles in, in basketball ops with, with Jesse and Joey. Um, you have, you know, every, everyone is sort of aware of the specter of, of Kurt and Linda. The ran behind. Um, but mm -hmm. I mean, at the, like, at the very least, Jeannie has to acknowledge, like, these are close friends who she mm -hmm. takes advice from. Phil. <laughs> you know, magic yep. still. Um, and, and Rob, who was Kobe's agent, it's not a, a front office or management structure like many organizations that are like, oh, well, you know, we're going to take uh, so-and-so from San Antonio or mm. we're going to take so-and-so from Denver. I mean, you see throughout the league just sort of basketball guys kind of branching out and, and there are distinctive trees sort of like in coaching. Mm -hmm. But in, within the Lakers front office it is lakers it is yeah you we have we have we hire people that we know and we hire people with lakers roots and we hire you know it's very very insular yeah um you also wrote in the in the piece again for for the oc register that uh quote james's relationship with the front office has felt strained for some time um, I, again, I, this is one of the things that really kind of baffles me when I when I try to have conversations with this um, with basketball people is like, OK, so clearly he's frustrated with the way things are going. Clearly, he wants to have more success here at the end of his career. 
Um, I think it's pretty clear at this point that that success probably isn't going so long as the Lakers maintain the stance that they do not want to uh, commit further draft capital to making this team better. Um, it seems pretty clear that if if he wants success at the end of his career, that it's probably not coming with the Lakers. So at what point do you think we start preparing for a breakup here? At what point do you do you? You know, it, does he kind of look at this and start talking to 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 the bus family and to Rob Lincoln and start saying, "All right, if you guys aren't committed to getting this team to where it needs to be, to where I have a chance at winning here at the end of this thing, then send me somewhere that does. <laughs> you can start your rebuild. We can now. LeBron can't be traded this year, but uh, do you think that's something that we'll start hearing by the end of the season if if things if the status quo remains? Uh, yeah, well, I don't want to set off uh, aggregators everywhere by saying like <laughs> that's fair. Anything too crazy? What? Uh, and, and furthermore, I don't want to sit here and say I understand why LeBron signed that extension, except you know that this, the level of money the Lakers could offer and and we're going to offer mm-hmm. was was probably higher than than most or, or many places. And and then, you know, yet if you're LeBron, you're thinking, okay, well, I'm 38 next summer. If I allow myself to become a free agent, am I going to make, you know, $97 million on, in my next two years? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Um, and because he can't know how his health is going to hold up. Um, one thing I observe and I find interesting without totally being able to explain it, like LeBron sure is in a lot of commercials this year isn't mm-hmm. he like yeah. LeBron sure does unfortunate mean, timing on the father time set of commercials. Yes. I, but I think the more interesting <laughs> thing is like, you know, I've had people remark to me like, man, I can't turn on my TV without seeing LeBron. And you know what? The, uh, I forget the, which phone company he's in um, right now. AT&T, AT&T um, you know, crypto.com. Like he, he's really put himself out there and, mm-hmm. If you think about that in a like, huh, he must be making a lot of money from that. Then that becomes yeah. a little interesting. Is he in a little bit of like, hey, I'm I'm chasing the dollars because I think one of his larger ambitions is to be a team owner one day, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and sort of join that table, uh, which is obviously extremely exclusive. And so he recently became a billionaire. So I think that's one of his priorities, and one of his priorities tied to here that even though LeBron's people tell you, well, you know, LeBron can make money anywhere. I think his ties to LA make that all kind of easier and and sync up better. Um, So I just want to, that's one thing I observe too. um, You know, it, that, that is an interesting question. I don't know which team that would be. I know people talk about Cleveland. Well, Cleveland's got a pretty good thing, good thing going right now without trying to mm-hmm. ask themselves, do we have space for LeBron to to enter into some sort of huge money deal to come home one last time? And by the way, like LeBron, he's he's kind of done that dance. He's won a championship there. So does he want to do that? So I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that all the factors are there lined up for LeBron to really start looking elsewhere. Um, but obviously, I mean, I think you have management uh, trying to serve two masters and LeBron looking around and saying, okay, well, I'm the one who's here. 
I'm the franchise player who's here. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you guys are kind of preparing for your next franchise player when I'm I'm here playing at the top of my game. And I know that was really upsetting to him last season. Um, right. And I suspect it's that it's probably pretty upsetting now. I don't know when he deleted that tweet, by the way. I don't know when that happened exactly. But yeah, it's I, I think he knows where they're heading if they don't make a big move. And, and it's pretty evident to everyone else, I think. The I, I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, them potentially preparing for their next star. And I think that's a really interesting way of framing this because the Lakers do operate star first, right? Go get the superstar and then try to figure everything out um, outside of that. And, you know, that's fine when you are able to go out and get a LeBron despite coming off of, you know, some the, the worst stretch in franchise history right before he showed up. But do you think the, the way that they have handled the end of this time, this era with LeBron will affect their their ability to go out and get a star? The, the, so essentially, the, the, the stars here in, in the NBA, my thinking anyway, is that stars in the NBA pay very close attention to how other stars are treated by various organizations. And if an NBA superstar is sitting there saying, wait, LeBron legitimized you guys. LeBron helped you guys get AD. LeBron helped you guys win that title and and tie the Boston Celtics. And now here at the end of this thing, you've drawn a line in the sand while LeBron is still playing all NBA caliber basketball. Um, what? How committed are you going to be at the end of my time there? Uh, is that is that something that from where you're sitting that, that you think has been impacted by the way that they've handled all this? I mean, I, I think it definitely could. And, and I think you just kind of look at um, not just with LeBron, but just how some, some of the missteps the Lakers have made in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, not figuring out with DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> I think influences mm. how they're seen around the league. Um, it's just, it's interesting because, like, yes, they did win a championship together. Yes, they did supply LeBron with the teammate he wanted. Um, so I don't want to imply that they they haven't played ball. But it another thing that, 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 point. Can, that kind of <laughs> that that struck me about the piece or, or, or sort of pushed me to to write what I wrote was this idea that like all right, you're waiting for the next franchise player. You're you're waiting for the next star available. You have the star. Like (laughs) you have the guy and, and he's still playing really well. And like, we can debate the merits at the level of, of, Oh, well, he's not, you know, uh, top five anymore. He's not top 10 anymore, but he's still really good. And yeah, and he's not top five. He's like top fifteen. He's top ten. Like he's the, in, he's in that range. The contract has always been: if you if you have LeBron, you 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 play it out. And and it's not a, a apples to apples comparison of my lead. So so I don't want to imply that they because the Cleveland stuff that happened in his last year there that was near the trade deadline, right? They made a move near the trade deadline, um, and they were they had a winning record. But Cleveland were le- was like, I don't think they had a strong feeling that LeBron was going to resign. But they're like, hey, we're playing this thing out. We're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna trade Isaiah Thomas. We're gonna trade Jay Crowder. We're gonna 
cut Dwayne Wade. They cut Dwayne Wade <laughs> to, yeah, <right. laughs> to get LeBron back. Like that's yeah. really what the trade is about. The trade wasn't so much about like, oh gosh, we we really need Rodney Hood. We really need Jordan Clarkson. It was the team wasn't working. And if we want the best version of LeBron, we got to trade to get him back. And actually the Lakers might be getting the best that LeBron can play right now. Um, they might be getting the best version that he's capable of at 37. But I think the violation of that contract that's been in place ever since LeBron has been what he's been um, is so striking when you're like, oh, well, we got to like hold on and we got to hold on to our draft picks in case, you know, some star comes available. We got to trade from down the road. Well, you've got the star. You actually yeah. have two stars when Anthony two. Davis is healthy. And those guys have been amazing. But what I thought illustrated their limitations was that game against Boston. They lose in overtime against the best team in the league at the time. And Darvin Ham is playing five guys, 12 minutes each in the fourth quarter. To me, mm-hmm. that's just like, all right, we, we, we have to limit the people we actually trust to hold on to this lead and play the way we've been playing. And, and that's just a clear roster limitation. Those guys yeah. were playing amazing in that game. The Lakers probably he played could have Austin won that Reeves game. at the five. Like he said, I mean, <laughs> like, it's just he the, the roster is so limited that even when those two are healthy, you can't beat a team like that. You couldn't beat the Sixers. Like, yeah. and, and that's roster limitations. That's not superstar limitations. That's supporting cast limitations. So if those guys can give you what they can give you, if AD can come back within a month's time and the team is still sort of scrapping like isn't it part of the social contract with lebron to to give that a chance so it might be too late but it might be too late at this point but i just thought it was a moment to kind of look at like why haven't they done that there's an incongruous set of goals here that and 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 rob palenka's statement that he would do whatever it takes seems incongruous with the ideas like, oh, well, you know, but we got to think about the future. And Mm -hmm. it just is. It just is when you have LeBron James on your team. Yeah, I, I, you know, he started the season um, and, and look, you never know where leaks are coming from, but it was pretty clear that it was from the front office where the idea was the Lakers are going to wait 20 games into the season and then see where they are and try to figure out when, when, uh, you know, what trade they can make and what the market looks like at that point compared to where it was uh, heading into the season. And, you know, at the time, I, 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 I kind of, I think, focused too much on the idea of those 20 games and looking ahead to the 20 games rather than looking at it from a perspective of the <laughs> executives in the NBA are procrastinators. And if you wait 20 games, they're going to look at it. They're going to look at that and say, well, we won't talk to you for 20 games. And then yeah. at the 20 game mark, it's, it's going to be like, well, the price just went up from game 19 to 20. The, La- and, the Lakers, and- the Lakers right now, they can't play their unless they were winning, unless they were like top six, they could not play their way into having better trade leverage. There was right. just never a moment where that was going to happen. And if you looked at the roster, you could probably understand, well, this team is probably like going to be, 500 at best right i mean right. i like i think that was probably a realistic goal with the roster they had um and you know not doing some of the deals they did over the offseason and there's an element of that i respect there's like there's like half of that that i respect which is you know what we're going to be prudent we haven't like 
it, and if you kind of believe their thought process was, we're going to be prudent. We haven't been prudent. We've been overpaying. We've been doing impulsive things to, to improve the team right in the moment. We're going to be like any other team and mm -hmm. kind of wait to see what we can do to improve our leverage. But they are not any other team. They're a team with right. LeBron. They're a team in LA. They're a team that um, everyone, every one of your fans is already irate because of what you have, what you did last year and not making the playoffs with three top 75 ever guys. So yeah. everyone's already ticked off. There's all, always going to be pressure on you to make a move. And so you can't just create leverage with patience. You can't be like the other 29 teams. You're the Lakers. Yeah. You're the Lakers with LeBron James. It was never right. going to happen. Yeah, it, and that's that's why I, I, you know, now looking back at that 20-game mark, I've always, I, I now find myself wondering if that was just a means to, well, chances are we're going to be below where we need to be at 20 games in, and then I won't, we won't have to make a deal. And it goes back to what we were talking about at the top of this conversation, where self-preservation is key and not actually fixing the problem. Because the, the, the path to self-preservation is not sticking your neck out there and not committing those future picks and not making another mistake. And if that's your focus, then, you know, George Bush meme mission accomplished sign, you know, but like if, if, but if, if the purpose of all of this is actually to fix the roster, then there's clearly a lot of work to be done. And I thought you highlighted that and, and outlined that really well in that piece again for, for the Southern California news group. Um, it's on the ocregister.com. It'll be linked on this pod post. Um, Kyle, I appreciate you a ton. Um, stopping by. You can check out all of his work with the Southern California News Group. He's at Kyle Goon on Twitter. Um, anything specific you want to plug before we get you out of here? Nah, man. I'm just uh, I'm just grinding. Just uh, you know, uh, my my preferred travel brands are Delta and Marriott. So <laughs> <laughs> plug those brands. Marriott, thank you for this beautiful view, Miami. Uh, Delta, thank you for the first class bump today. Really appreciate it. Really gets you through those 7.20 a.m. flights. Uh, you know, tip tip your waiters, tip your bartenders. Uh, you know, be be good. That's that's really what I want people to do out of this. I, I'll try. We'll try. I'll try to I'll try to maintain that that stance here. Um and and safe travels, man. I, I look forward to, to the rest of your work for the rest of the season. And I'm going to keep bugging you if you keep writing pieces as excellent as the, as the last one. I appreciate it.